Hello, and welcome back to New Paradigm Healing. This series focuses on ayahuasca-assisted therapy, and our intention is to educate, inform, and support the conscious and responsible use of ayahuasca in a Western context. My name is Jessica Gooden. And my name is Nina And you're listening to episode six, where we'll be diving deeper into the preparation process. Last episode, we mentioned that we're framing our discussion around what ayahuasca-assisted therapy is and information from Nina's new book that goes way more in-depth around this topic and so much more. If you want to know more about ayahuasca-assisted therapy, sign up for our mailing list to be the first to know about Nina's new book launch, new episodes, and our upcoming trainings at avatarhealingarts.com. And help us spread our message by following us and sharing our episodes with your friends. Plus, you can join our Facebook group called Ayahuasca Assisted Therapy to stay even more up to date. So just a reminder of what ayahuasca assisted therapy is. And this, again, we talked about this more in depth in the last episode. So if you missed it, go back and check that one out. Ayahuasca-assisted therapy is a three-step process, including preparation, initiation, and integration. Okay, so let's get started diving deeper into set and setting. So Nina, would you be willing to share more about what it is and why it's important? Thank you. Yes, um, I'm very excited about that. And I'm sure that a lot of people already have an idea and heard this expression, set and setting, not just in connection with this specific medicine, but in general with psychoactive substances when you use it in a therapeutic setting with a healing intention. So basically what we are talking about is this set refers to the mindset of the person who is participating in the ceremony or taking the medicine and the intentionality of this person. What are the intentions and the expectations of that person? The setting refers to the environment where the medicine is taken. So physical environment, people around you, people who guide the ceremony, the medicine itself, where the medicine is coming from, and all these things that we're going to break down a little more. So why is it important? I think for me personally, is because universal law of magnetic attraction. So law of attraction, if you ask for something, you receive it. So when you are going into a healing journey, this is my experience that is good to set a specific intention to shape and focus your journey in terms of what is the outcome that you would like to receive and what are the specific areas where you would like to create some kind of positive change. So basically, that is my understanding that the set and setting greatly shapes the experience of the person. That's why you cannot really compare if somebody is taking the medicine in a ceremonial setting, in a therapeutic container with guidance, with preparation, or somebody is just taking it out of curiosity or maybe for fun in a festival or, well, not the ayahuasca, but psychedelics, maybe the individual will have a complete different experience even though they might take the exact same substance and that is because the certain setting is different so how is your experience about that Jessica 
I would like to hear. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing, Nina. <laughs> I really appreciated your comment about taking it in a festival setting. And I find that when I share about anything having to do with ayahuasca, I am always clarifying that, hey, this is in a ceremonial setting. This is with healing intentions. This is for specific purposes rather than just going and taking it recreationally like you would for fun, as in you were at a party. It's a very different type of experience. So I'm glad that you touched a little bit on where the medicine comes from and just having a very well-prepared medicine is like having well-prepared food. <laughs> they, you know, they say the secret ingredient is love. That's, that's why the food tastes so good. That's why the medicine works in the way that it does. The secret ingredient is love. It's the prayers. It's the intentions that go into this medicine. And it just creates a really powerful container for you to be on your healing journey. So we know that the set and setting is super important. Let's talk about the next step, the next part of preparation. What would be the first step? That's a very, very good question. And I have a very specific view on this, as you know, and you too. I think that's why we are here. I think the first most important step is choosing a guide. The reason I believe this is so important because you are heading into an unknown territory for most people, not just if, if you are a first timer and if you never worked with this particular plant, but even if you had experience with this plant, every experience will be different. So I'm sure you can testify that. And anybody who, who had these experiences, it's always a completely different experience. So you are heading into an unknown territory that think about it in a way that you are going on a holiday to a foreign land where you've never been before. So having a guide is really useful to help you to navigate in that new territory with more ease and grace instead of just kind of trying to figure it out on your own on a trial and error basis. <laughs> and I want to share a little story that I learned many, many years ago when I was in New Zealand apprenticing with this amazing Maori shaman, Maori healer. And they have a very interesting concept in New Zealand. And in the whole Polynesia is this concept of the navigator. And basically it comes from the background that they are a seafaring nation, Polynesia, obviously, it's a lot of little islands and sea. So the main mean of transportation for them was by boat. And they were master navigators on the planet, which means that they could navigate with a one degree accuracy across thousands of miles on the ocean without any modern equipment, even as simple such as a compass. So completely relying on the guidance, the internal guidance, and obviously the signs of nature and the signs of the, the elements and that type of connectedness and that type of guidance. And they were master navigators in their healing 
system or approach, they look at a healer or a shaman as a navigator, as somebody who navigates across the stormy seas into safe harbor. <laughs> so basically going, the guide is going with you on this journey, like kind of holding your hand every step of the way until you reach your destination in your safe harbor. So that's how I understand what a guide and a navigator is. Based on my experience, a good navigator is somebody who has experience, obviously, walking this path, has personal experience, and also has experience of guiding others through this process, and somebody who walks a path of the heart and comes from an intention of love and service and healing and assisting others. So I really think that this is a huge factor that not many people know about and that can make a huge difference in somebody's experience when you have somebody who has an understanding of where you're going and what are the elements of the journey and has the map kind of of this territory that we talked about last time about the map a little bit I think and without a navigator it's kind of it's just a more difficult is there's a lot of I believe unnecessary suffering that you kind of discover trial and error while if you have a navigator they can just point it out to you and help you to move forward with more confidence so that is really close to my heart and obviously that's what I'm doing so that's why I'm so passionate about guiding others and just seeing how big difference this makes you know in somebody's process is it still amazes me like every time you know when I go on a journey with somebody what is your experience with that did you have a guide when you first started to work with the medicine do you have a guide now how do you feel that your experience is influenced by having uh, this type of support or not having it Wow, that's a big question. And I love that story about the Maori shaman having the ability to navigate within one degree. And even before you said navigating the stormy waters, I was thinking about, oh, yeah, well, you know, you could use the idea that they're navigating by the stars. But like, how often do you really have a clear night on the oceans? Things can change in a moment's notice. And all of a sudden, you're in a storm. And and if you do not have that skill set, then you are reliant upon the person who does to help you go through that terrain. And so that was my experience. The first time I was without a guide and I felt very lost. I didn't understand what was going on. The people around me didn't understand what was going on. And like you mentioned, I feel like I went through a lot of unnecessary suffering and just feeling so disconnected after feeling such a strong connection in the ceremony that would have been completely alleviated if I had just had someone with me to know and guide me along this path. Someone with the map. Now, I did have a few friends that had been on this journey multiple times before to kind of be like, oh yeah, this is normal. Oh yeah, this is normal. But they weren't able to help me navigate it with as much precision as a true guide, someone who is trained in ayahuasca assisted therapy and has that framework and understanding of this is the process and this is the stage that you're in. So here's the next step. 
here's where you turn left, here's where you turn right, there's going to be a stop sign here, oh wait, there's going to be traffic in this area, it's going to get really condensed, just like a beautiful GPS system, the, the navigators <laughs> got this overarching view of like, yep, this is going to happen at this stage. So yeah, the most recent time I had the framework that you've outlined in your book, and of course I have you as a friend and a, and a resource and a guide, so I have had you, but in the future, I definitely will be clinging, clinging to this framework <laughs> so that I don't have to go through that suffering. And, and as I'm embodying this training and this framework so that I can help learn to, to ease other people through the process as well. Absolutely. And thank you for, for sharing your experience. Um, because that, that was what I would say next. If you decide not to have a guide, then it's the next most important thing is to know the map or to have the map of the territory for yourself without a guide, which means in this case to familiarize yourself with this process and what are you heading into and what can you expect and how can you prepare and navigate to the best of your ability. And how you can do that is listening to our podcast <laughs> and reading the book that will come out shortly. And obviously, I'm not the only person talking about this. So there are um, some other resources as well. So doing your own research and, and reading and connecting with people and informing yourself before you embark on this journey and making yourself familiar with the territory as much as possible and, and with the process. So when I work with somebody who commits to do this journey, what happens is that we have a two to three months period when they have preparation sessions. They are like once a week, a one hour session. And these sessions have people to basically clarify their intention and write their personal prayer. And why is this important is because many people have general wishes, you know, I want to be healthy, I want to be rich, I want to find my soulmate, my life purpose, <laughs> whatever. It might be very strong and valid desires, but very general. So what we do during the preparation sessions, I guide people to go deeper and to look where are the areas where they struggle, what are the specific patterns or situations that keep arising and that they would like to change, you know, in a positive way or create some kind of positive change. And through guiding them to go deeper and be more specific, basically with what they want, why are they here, what is that they are looking for, and what is the outcome that they would like to receive. And this is just basically, again, focusing the journey in a certain way because there is so many things to work on, right? <laughs> and going in with an intention that is very general, you know, it will obviously assist you also and things will come up that you need to face anyways and it's a different type of experience when you have a strong intention and you are very clear on what is that you would like to focus on then when you are in the integration process that personal intention and that prayer gives us a reference point in terms of look back of why is this happening to you okay like what you are experiencing right now, it makes a lot of sense in the light of what you were asking for at the beginning. 
So that's also an important aspect, I feel, to get more clarity and more focus in terms of what we are doing and how that's going to unfold. So once I prepare people or they are preparing themselves, really, with my assistance, they have a personal prayer that they write that contains, you know, their specific intentions of why they are here and what they want to ask for. So the other part of the preparation, I focus on really helping people to work through some fears that commonly surface before the journey, before they embark. And these fears, for example, you know, people have just fears like, I'm going to go crazy, (laughs) or I'm going to have a bad experience and how will that look like, or I'm not going to receive what I'm asking for, or I'm going to be super sick, whatever their fears might be. We talk that through at the beginning and give them just like more ease around this topic because, you know, the mind comes up with a lot of (laughs) interesting (laughs) ideas when you are (laughs) heading into the unknown and, and making a leap of faith. And also another aspect that I personally do with people is to talk to them about the entire process. I, I will tell them in the preparation, what can they expect? Like how long probably the process is going to be and what will be the main elements of the process. So I kind of talk them through so they have just a basic understanding of the framework and they are pretty clear on how long this is going to take and what are the steps that they're going to go through. So also that gives them just a peace of mind and ease of mind. That is my experience. So have you ever written your own personal prayer for (laughs) before ceremony? And what was your experience? Yes, I have written my own personal prayer before a ceremony. And it was exactly like you said, and I, I didn't realize this, but the more specific you are, the more directly and I'm going to say quickly, but that's relative, you know, time is relative, but the more directly your energy is focused on that specific outcome. So yeah, I've asked for more love for connection. Like I asked for connection during my first ceremony ever. And I was shown literally all the types of connections that there are. So then afterwards during the integration process, then I was experiencing all the different types of connection. Now that is a very general topic a very general theme. And then there were other ceremonies where I asked for something more specific, like I was asking for guidance around developing my intuition and multisensory abilities. So I got very specific practices that I then used during the integration process and my intuition strengthened exponentially very quickly. Like it was so quickly that I didn't even notice how far I had come in only two or three months. It was like rapid transformation. I gained so much confidence and trust. I know if I had not written such a specific prayer and intention that it would not have developed at such a rapid rate. Yeah, so thank you so much for asking, Nina. Do you have an experience you'd like to share about your own? Yeah, um, absolutely. (laughs) 
so many. <laughs> well, first of all, as, as we talked about in the previous episodes, uh, for me, at the beginning, it was a lot of trial and error, <laughs> figuring things out for myself that I'm very grateful for that in this present moment, because that was my inspiration and motivation to create this framework and to do what I'm doing today. So that was definitely a necessary experience. So the first couple of times when I sit with the medicine, obviously, I didn't know about this type of preparation or how to do it. And I had some intentions, obviously, that I've written down. So I must have had some intuitive guidance, but, you know, not in this framework. When, when I came to learn more about this process through my experience and through other healers who were supporting me in difficult moments, I decided, you know, to really give it a go and do a trial run. So I did write a beautiful prayer and intention for the ceremony. And actually my intention in that specific ceremony was to ask the mother, the medicine, to guide me through this integration process with conscious awareness so I can learn and see through my own experience how does that look like and I can write it down and I can really learn it, you know, and discover it through experience. <laughs> this was such a perfect example for me of be careful what you wish for. <laughs> I always say that to my clients as well because it did happen like exactly, you know, what I was asking for. Another thing that I would like to highlight that most of the cases, things don't happen the way you imagine. It just, they happen in a completely different way, but you receive, you know, just not the way you imagined. And that can be a source of resistance or being upset, you know, when you are in the process, but it is my experience that you receive what you ask for. So that was the same thing for me. So I was guided through this integration that was the very beginning for me to understand this process on a deeper level from a perspective of the framework and the steps and everything and going through my own experience while I was just recording my experience. So basically I was isolating myself completely and focusing on my journey and recording and journaling and writing down every single thing and creating maps and <laughs> just lots of documents. So that was a very, very powerful experience for me, as you said, that really showed me that this is very powerful when you have a clear intention and a strong intention and how your journey unfolds in the light of this. So yeah, it's really, really great. And I'm so happy that we have this platform to share about this and hopefully inspire other people to set their own intention and to think about that a little bit before they head into a ceremony. And in the preparation also, what we are talking about is a lot of mental, emotional preparation. <laughs> Spiritual as well, I think, but mostly mental, emotional, I would say. But there is an aspect of the preparation that's more focusing on the physical body and, and the type of detoxification and preparing your body for this journey. So would you like to talk about that a little bit? <laughs> Yes, nutrition is one of my favorite, <laughs> one of my favorite topics. And I've heard from a lot of different people about different techniques that they do for the detoxification process based on different psychedelics. Now, there is very specific recommendations for ayahuasca for very specific reasons as well. And as part of the process of choosing your satin setting, if you are not doing your own research, then that person, whoever is leading you on 
your journey in serving the medicine should provide you with a list of any contraindicated medications, any contraindicated foods, the list of how soon you need to be purifying your body, meaning clearing out certain things that might have a, I'm going to say, increase your chances of a, of a more intense purging process. Because like we've said before, ayahuasca is a very purging and clarifying medicine. Now, all that being said, they should provide a list for you. But here's just kind of my own basic rundown. It's best to remove all medications, all pharmaceuticals. Now, again, we're not doctors and we're not claiming to be. So again, just we ask that you consult your pharmacist, doctor, all the medical professionals who are overseeing your medications before you decide to quit taking them. And and so clearing out your body from all medicines, whether they're herbal or, or pharmaceutical or anything like that, there's a big, big craze right now of mm-hmm. um, self-medicating. So again, that will be on the list that your shaman provides you. Now, as far as diet and nutrition and the detoxification goes, highly, highly recommend a juice cleanse. That is going to prepare the body, get you all the nutrients that you need, and really clean out any of, I'm going to use the word sludge, out of your system and just give you a very clean slate to start from. And then from there, that that would mean really following a clean diet. Ideally, it would be vegetarian or vegan. With ayahuasca, I've heard from many people just eating a simple, clean diet, not having a bunch of spicy foods, not eating a bunch of animal products. In fact, eliminating as many animal products as you possibly can, specifically pork and also heavy oils and salts. And the reason for this has to do with the way that the light, the high vibrational frequency of the ayahuasca medicine and the plant spirits that you are inviting into your body, it actually hurts them. Like it can be damaging to them to come into this environment that is much lower vibration. And I'm not saying high vibe is better, low vibe is better, like there's or good, bad, any of that. It's just the state of how it is. When you have something high vibrational meeting the resistance of something low vibrational, it can cause some friction, for lack of a better word, and that can cause some physical suffering, some physical sensation, even some physical pain as they are trying to harmonize and find some sort of vibration that works for both of them that's compatible. So if you follow the preparation of a good diet, nutrition, and detoxification before your ceremony, and especially after your ceremony, then that will give you a very, very solid foundation from which to rebuild your life as you're integrating the intentions and the results from your prayers. 
Absolutely. Thank you so much. And I feel this is such an important part. I really resonate with what you said about, you know, inviting this medicine into your body, into your temple. And I just remember this symbol or this metaphor that it's like inviting a guest into your house. So probably if you have guests over, you clean your house and you make it nice and you light some candles and, you know, (laughs) make it inviting and, uh, you know, just having a big mess and having people come in there. So I feel that part of the physical preparation and the detox is also kind of like a spiritual preparation is just the respect and the honor to the medicine and to your own process and your own healing. Just saying that I'm going to purify and clean myself and my body, my vessel, where I'm going to invite, you know, the medicine. And I completely agree that it can make a great deal of difference going into a ceremony without any kind of dietary preparation, having a big pork chops, you know, <laughs> like the night before or something, most likely not going to have such a pleasant experience because as we talked about it, the ayahuasca itself, the wine is a very strong detoxifying agent. So it creates a physical purification. So it's logical to think that the more unpure and toxic you are, the harder that purification is going to be for you. Well, if you take that time before the ceremony to purify your body, you will have a a more pleasant physical experience that doesn't mean that you're not going to purge or anything like that, but it's just going to be easier a little bit on your physical body and also the, the spiritual aspect of it and the honor, as we said, you know, to work with this medicine and to invite her into your being in the ceremony. I think that is very, very important. Part of the, the detox, as you said, is just a very clean diet. I do recommend my clients to do a five-day juice fast. And then at the end of the fast, they would have the ceremony. So they would head straight from the fast into the ceremony. If they do not feel comfortable to do a juice fast, I would just recommend them to do a completely vegan diet at least one week before the ceremony. And that that um, includes, as you said, also letting go of all mind-altering substances and like coffee or even cigarettes or marijuana or any other substances that people might take apart from the pharmaceuticals. Um, I think it's very important if people are on certain medications, as you said, to consult with the shaman. And the shaman who leads the ceremony should give specific intentions. So for example, if I have clients who are on pharmaceuticals long-term, what I would do, I would ask them what they are taking for how long, and I would contact the person who is leading the circle and ask them what is the protocol in this particular situation if they want to participate in a ceremony. I think it's important to point out that one of the contraindications that I personally explain to people if you are taking SSRIs, which is serotonin blocker antidepressants, so they will not work with this type of medicine. So definitely to come off SSRIs, you have to talk to a doctor, you have to talk to your shaman, you have to follow your internal guidance. And if you have your personal guide, it's a collaboration of all these things. But ultimately, it is your decision and your responsibility, I think, at the end of the day. And I would say in terms of contraindication that 
the only contraindication that is generally discussed with the ayahuasca is like mental disorder. So if you have psychosis, schizophrenia, and um, similar conditions, I personally would not feel comfortable guiding people in this situation simply because I do not have enough experience to navigate this terrain. That does not mean that the medicine cannot be helpful for these people in some shape and form. So I'm not saying that I'm saying I do not have experience and I don't know, you know, how to navigate this terrain. And because it is a very strong mental process, as we know that it's basically a disintegrating of a conditioned mental framework, what is happening, we're going to talk about this so much more in the upcoming episodes. If you have a mental framework that is already very unstable, that can just create extra pressure and challenging situations, I think, you know, when you work with this medicine. I wanted to ask you, Jessica, that how long time do you recommend, you know, to start a physical detox before the ceremony? That is a really, really great question. Honestly, it really depends on as far as the detoxification process when you begin, depending on how extensive your lifestyle is in the opposite direction of being (laughs) pure, so to speak. I'm going to use pure in quotation marks. So a really great resource is Casa Galactica's website. Michael and Jamie Thornhill went so into depth talking about all the contraindications with medications. They give more explanations. wanted to add the other one that I know of is any heart condition. So if you have like heart disease or a heart attack or things like that, cardiac issues tend to be very high on the contraindication. So again, just do your research, but Casa Galactica's website is a really great resource. And they also, I believe, go through the whole purification process of when to start cleaning out, okay, three months before I'm going to start weaning off of my medication and at least a month before you should be off all of your medication. Then beyond that, as soon as you think you're going to know that you're going into a ceremony, I would start the purification process ASAP just because it can be really difficult to wean yourself off of sugar. Purifying from the refined sugars is can really be taxing on the system. And so if you do it in a more gradual process, it's going to be easier. As far as the meats, I think that's usually three to five days before With oils, same thing, three to five days before. At the very least, I would say at least the day of. No salt, no oil, no citrus, very, very clean foods. Again, vegan diet, just eating eating your vegetables. I would even limit how many fruits you eat during that time just because the sugar can be very stimulating to the nervous system. And yeah, ASAP. <laughs> you can never you can never start the purification process too soon. And again, just to reiterate what Nina mentioned, it's going to be really important for you to listen to your body. And the sooner that you start doing that, 
the more you can trust your inner guidance and the easier it's going to be for you to go through the preparation process, through that initiation, and then through the integration because you're probably going to start feeling a million times better as soon as you clean up your diet. And then you're going to want to maintain that good, positive feeling in your body of feeling safe, of having energy and of moving through your life with more grace and ease just from the simple step of eating better. Absolutely. I so agree that this can be a great starting point for somebody to make, you know, fundamental changes in their diet and their relationship with food. This can really kickstart that and help, you know, the body to to detox and to adjust, you know, to a healthier, more high vibrational diet. And yeah, I agree that they should consult the shaman and the people who are guiding them personally. And if they take any medications or have chronic conditions, definitely their doctors have However, I would point out that a lot of doctors have no idea about what ayahuasca is and how does it work. So, you know, <laughs> a little bit of discernment their needs, but definitely listening to multiple people and their opinion and their perspectives, I think is always useful. And uh, yeah, I just wanted to add that the whole physical detox is also serves of, you know, just drawing your energy inside and start going within. So it's not just the physical detox. A part of the detox actually is a recommendation to avoid all sexual activity at least one week before the ceremony. And the reason for that is, again, that you are not keep spilling out your energy, but you are conserving and withdrawing your energy into yourself and turning inwards to to start this internal journey. And also when you are sexually intimate with somebody, you are absorbing their energy, right? So it's also you don't want to bring you know other people's energy into the ceremony with yourself but again this is just a manifestation of that shifting that energy that we are going normally outwards into the world and participating now it's time to to make that shift and start to turn inward and collect our energies and draw it inside of ourselves and start to focus internally and start to take these steps on this internal journey Thank you for summarizing that so beautifully. We're coming to the end of our time for today. So help us grow our tribe by sharing our episodes on your platforms. It's the best compliment you can give us. And stay tuned for our next episode where we'll have a surprise topic. If you haven't already, sign up for our mailing list to stay up to date about our projects and trainings at avatarhealingarts.com and modernsacredlife.com. And remember, you are the healer and love is the medicine. Much love to you all. So much love. So much love.